MacCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Dr. Lauren Vicker. For this, our final episode of the academic year, we have a real treat for our CJ alums and other friends of the department. We're joined in the studio today by Professor Emeritus Dr. Jim Seward. Dr. Seward spent almost three decades teaching at Fisher and retired in 2011. He probably doesn't need much more of an introduction than that, so welcome, Dr. Seward. Thank you, Lauren. It's great to be back on campus. <laughs> Has it changed a little bit since it's you... Cha- it's, it's unbelievable how much uh, you walk across the campus and it seems like there's a new building going here, there's a new building up there. Oh, there's something I didn't. I don't remember. I got lost trying to find Dr. Rooney's office because <laughs> it, everything is different in the building. And it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's terrific. Yeah. yeah, lots of lots of really great changes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know that you are in touch with quite a few alumni mm-hmm. through social media. But maybe for those of you who don't know what you've been doing since you left Fisher, could you give us a quick update? Quick overview. I, I retired in 2011, and uh, my partner and I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And yes, there is a choo-choo in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, retirement's been great. I taught for uh, three years in the fall at a university that was four minutes from my home, Southern Adventist University, a, a, a school related to the Southern, uh, to the uh, Seventh-day Adventist church, and thoroughly enjoyed it, but decided about two years ago that I really am retired, and it was time to start seeing the, uh, the wonder and the beauty of, of the South, and in particular, the, the area that we live in, Southeast Tennessee, it's close to Atlanta, close to Nashville, a short drive over to, to Memphis and, and, and the other direction over to Knoxville. So I've been doing a lot of travel. And um, family is over in a, a number of places. We saw some family up in Toronto and visited family in San Francisco. And I had an opportunity last fall to go back to my very first teaching job, <clears throat> excuse me, out of graduate school, and that was at Humboldt State. And I, uh, Fred and I went up to Humboldt. and in That's that, Northern California. North, way up there, yeah, way right. up there mm-hmm. in Redwood Country. Mm-hmm. And Humboldt up in Arcata um, was where I first began teaching and had an opportunity to meet the current staff. And it was kind of like I'm the great great grandfather. I was there from '74 uh, to '77, and had we had a, a, a get together with some of my KHSU alumni. I had been faculty advisor of the radio station back then, so it was a wonderful trip. Chattanooga is a very neat and very happening kind of city, very young and vibrant, and uh, I'm enjoying the, especially at my age, I like the young part <laughs> as well as the vibrancy. So it's been a good move, and I'm, I'm very happy down there. That's great to hear. Now, when you were teaching at Fisher, mm-hmm. uh, you were responsible mainly for the broadcasting courses, and you also did a lot of sections of COM 100. That's right. So could you talk a little bit about what you felt your areas of expertise were? Sure. Uh, I came in primarily teaching courses like broadcast journalism, broadcast performance, the intro to broadcasting class, which at that point was a course looking at uh, broadcast history and development and, and current trends in the business taught a number of different types of oral communication speech classes with you and um, had a great, a great time with that. 
um, I, I coordinated our our department's contribution to the to the adult completion program that was called SAGE and I have a number of alumni who are on campus now in working positions who were who were my my students in SAGE I saw some of them today so um, in terms of, of what I did, they were focused, most of my courses were focused in something related to broadcasting. As, as things progressed, that morphed into some new media kinds of things. You would call them today digital culture kinds of courses. But back then, it, was, it really was new, so we called yeah. them new media. And uh, I had an opportunity to teach a number of, of, of courses that related to the changes that were just on the cusp, just beginning, that we've seen happen since then. One of my real joys was teaching a course that led to a group of students going each year to Canada as part of a program called Crossing Borders. And that program, in conjunction with the Canadian consulate and the U.S. consulate, meant that we were able to one year go to Canada, the next year to the States. So it alternated, usually Brock University in St. Catharines, University of Buffalo over down the road in Buffalo. Our students did very well, and as that the focus of that conference moved from undergraduate to graduate research, our students held their own and oftentimes won awards at the, the, the Crossing Borders Conference. I'm happy to hear all the good things that happened with uh, um, the, the student public relations group because they went to a conference and as it turns out PRSSA walked off with a, a many, many kudos despite the fact they were in competition with schools much larger than St. John Fisher. So I'm proud to say that the tra tradition continues in the department. Absolutely, yeah. and I think your students were among the first to actually take a PowerPoint yeah. to a conference. And I made sure yeah. they didn't read it. Right, you know? yeah. yeah, well, we definitely appreciated that. And I think your Canadian connection, didn't that stem from a sabbatical proposal or two maybe two. that you yeah. did? Yeah, yeah. I had th there were three opportunities that were funded by the Canadian government and um, they were uh, basically faculty recognition slash faculty development grants that came out of Ottawa. And um, they were competitive. And you know, after the second one, you're kind of wondering, will they, will they spin the wheel for the third one? And they did. And it was a wonderful opportunity across the three, uh, the three experiences to really see how the two countries dealt with similarities and differences in contemporary media. The last trip was looking at how um, small, small towns, small market communities in Canada were dealing with information dissemination regarding AIDS, HIV to small uh, underserviced communities. And at that time, this was all internet-based and trying to, trying to get away from formal language and into presentational uh, podcasts and things that were really aimed at speaking to the people, to the target audiences. And I, I had a hand in helping that in a number of places and cities and got on the CBC a couple of times and smiled and waved at the camera in Halifax. And it was a lot of fun and a, obviously a lot of work, but very, very rewarding. Yes. Yeah, it was really impressive because some of those small towns, you didn't even have an internet connection. Right. And I remember at the time I was um, sitting in for you as acting chair 
share. And so I was always anxiously waiting for you to have an internet connection so that you could read the messages and then send me some advice. It, yeah. it, things were different just a few years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. although yeah. I, I mean, we do have some students from very small towns who say sometimes they don't even have a reliable enough connection to That's Skype. Right. So it's, it's not like the problem has been solved for everyone and where I live in rural Tennessee, it's a it's a very real problem. Now mm -hmm. I'm in an urban environment, but in the the smaller communities, uh, you can find that the only real internet connection is what you can do on a um, on your phone. I mean, it's it's terrible, and there there are movements afoot to try to correct that and change that. But uh, you go into rural America, and you really see firsthand what the digital divide is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knowledge gap hypothesis is it's, alive and well. It's alive and yeah, well. Unfortunately, yes yes. yes, yes. So I mentioned that I was filling in for you as department chair because you spent quite a few <laughs> years. In fact, I think you might hold the record for the longest serving department chair. And yeah. at one point, did you get a plaque? I did. That yeah, said chair, chair for, for life. Ever, yeah, chair, chair for, for, chair for life. life. Yes. That's right. That's right. And you know, at I thought to myself at that point, oh my goodness, we came awfully close. I mean, mm -hmm. I came to Fisher in 82, and uh, at that point, um, John McGinnis was the acting chair, um, and I decided that it made sense to spend one year kind of as a co-chair, but getting the lay of the land, because Fisher was very different from my previous school at Buffalo State. so. I came in officially as it chaired at eight, in '83, and that really continued to what '98 with you when you when you took mm -hmm. over. Yep. We we had that final year where we swapped each other, and it was '98 I think that you officially took over on your own without my coming in for half a semester and you covering me for a half a semester when we both were doing the sabbatical thing. We're there, but luckily, you know, you were close by for all the problems and I remember you saying, don't worry, I'm going to help with the budget and I was like, that took a big weight off my shoulders. So. I was a numbers guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I like money. And, and you like you to know, shop. So I like to shop good, and yeah. save money, you know, and all that kind of business and it's a skill that, believe me, when you retire, being able to save money and knowing how to, how to, how to really navigate all the, the the little ins and outs of saving some dollars it really helps yeah it really yeah, does I yeah. certainly can imagine that <laughs> well, especially someone like me on an academics uh, salary so I certainly appreciate that so um, and I should say that you know one of the things that I really appreciated about your years as department chair and being part of that department was that I was able to see what you did that was successful and you know appreciated all your help and mentorship Thank as you. as I took over for for also quite a few years yes you, um, yeah, yeah, yes yeah. I thought maybe so, we'd give you the plaque yeah next. I, yes. I did not think that was going to happen so um, when you did retire mm -hmm. um, your friends and colleagues got together and decided that we were going to establish a scholarship in your name. Yes. And at the end of the fifth year, when the scholarship was fully funded, we've now been able to give out the first scholarship. Yes. So that's one of the reasons that you're here at this that's time, correct? correct? Yes. So yes. talk a little bit about um, what's happened and, and how you've met Alex, the recipient. Alex. Yeah. Well, the, the experience was um, an enormous amount of fun. Um, when I retired in 2011, a number of alumni um, were the leads on, on funding what became the scholarship, the James E. Seward uh, Scholarship in Media and Communications. And the idea is to help our, our comm students uh, each year, and it's a competitive process, and students apply, and I am completely removed from all of that because 
that's as it should be. And it, to me, it, it was wonderful to see the, the, the alumni, all of my alumni, not just Fisher alumni, but, but alumni from Humboldt, alumni from Buff State, some friends from Ohio State uh, contributed to this as well. I made a point of, I would get a quarterly review of who donated. I made a point of, of sending a personal letter handwritten in my scrawl so that they would know that I was truly appreciative of their gift. The scholarship has reached a point now where we're able to make the grants. And part of why I'm in town is to um, make another gift along the side so that uh, eventually there will be We'll, we'll double the, the amount of money that's in the scholarship. And that will ensure that students will have a, a, not just a, a gift, but a gift, a, a, a substantial enough gift to make a difference. And for that to happen, um, you have to set up paperwork and all of that. And so I'm here partially for that. Unfortunately, also, I have to die. And that's how no, it works. No, no. And so, no, so, so I, I, I can bench 285. I can. So it's I really not happening can. So uh, it's imminently. Not, so, yeah, so don't okay. count on that money just yet. <laughs> but, but all kidding aside, the fact is, you know, people who are listening, one of the ways in which you can make a, a real contribution to the college is to consider um, a, a, a gift at the, at the point at which you, you pass, in which case the, the money moves right out of your estate prior to disbursement to the college. And it becomes a wonderful way to donate and, more to the point, have an impact that I think is significant, that people will you know, be able to, to, to finish their education, to have the assistance that they need, and to be able in the long term to look back and say they had a, a terrific experience at St. John Fisher. So that's what's motivating it because I wanted to, to give back. And, you know, you reach a point in life where it's, it's important to make some gifts while you're still alive so you have the joy mm -hmm. of seeing all of that. But also it's important to make provisions so that when the inevitable happens, there is a, there is a legacy that continues long long after the point at which you've uh, you've passed on. So all of those you know are are important things. They're not always comfortable to talk about at first, but they become critical things to think about as you do some life and estate planning. So that's where I'm at. That's one of the reasons why I'm here. I'm signing the documents and. Hooray, it'll work. <laughs> well, hooray for us and for Fisher and for future students. And I do think it says a lot that you're contributing your own funds to this. Mm -hmm. um, it was pretty impressive how many alumni, as well as your colleagues, mm -hmm. not just in the comm department, right. stepped up to contribute uh, to the scholarship. So, you know, I hope that people will continue to think about mm -hmm. that if they want to make a gift to the college and they can dedicate designate where it comes from, mm -hmm. they, where it goes, I'm sorry, uh, that, you know, they could do that and, and do and be able to do that. So um, Alexander Haristadula, who would, we interviewed last week because she was one of the winners of the Barbara Wheeler Schneider Award, oh, um, is the first uh, recipient. And you had a chance to meet with her yes, this week. Yes, yes. Yeah. Her, dad, her dad and Alex were at lunch yesterday at McArdle's. And her mom, unfortunately, is on uh, grand jury duty, oh, and so was unable to attend. And uh, Arian Rozelle, is that how I say it? Aaron. Aaron yeah. Rozelle. Aaron joined us, and we had a wonderful lunch, and it was a, a terrific way to meet this 
very bright, sharp, and energetic young woman, and I'm just thrilled to death that she is the very first recipient of the scholarship. So that's great, and we hope that you will be back to meet many more of that's them in the, the future. That's the plan. I mean, so, I, th- yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I had a, a meeting with uh, Dr. Rooney earlier th- this morning, and Jerry said, well, you'll be back. I said, yes, I will. <laughs> I, you know, I'm planning. Yeah, I bought, bought myself a new car. We're breaking it in <laughs> by driving from Chattanooga all the way up to Rochester. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming in today well, and, and helping us to end the year by hearing from one of um, CJ's most beloved professors. Well, and, and from a personal note, on a personal note, I love seeing you. So thank it's you. great to have you thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you. As I mentioned in the introduction, this is our final episode of the academic year. We can't close out MacCast without recognizing all the people who helped to make this premier year podcast possible. First, thanks to Cecil Felton, our media coordinator and executive producer, who was always there to advise, troubleshoot, and even lend his keys when we were locked out of the audio room. We also owe a huge debt of thanks to the media and comm department chair, Professor Jeremy Sarakin who not only appeared a record three times on the podcast this year, but also gave us the resources to keep the podcast going. Thanks also to our Alumni Advisory Board, with Katrina Bush as chair, for pushing us to make the podcast better and expand our reach. To that end, Morgan Vanderhorst is now doing our data analytics and providing us with some trends. MacCast would never have happened without our great producers, Thanks to Ed Vivenzio, who produced our episodes in the fall and helped us find our format. Thanks to Justin Proietti and Corey Halloran, who stepped in to figure things out for the spring semester. And thanks to Justin for training Zach Beaver to become our producer this semester. And Zach has passed all his classes with flying colors, so he'll be back with us in the fall. Thanks to Jordan Proietti, who designed our cool logo, flyers, and bookmarks, and worked on scripts and promotion. Jordan never complained, even when I texted him on a Saturday night asking him to fix something in an episode. I will miss his can-do attitude and enthusiasm for everything, but I know he'll have a great career as a photographer and designer. Thank you to all the students, faculty, and alumni who were guests on our podcast. If you missed any episodes or want to hear them again, you can find them on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a like or share us with your network on LinkedIn or Facebook and spread the word about all the great things happening in the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. And please leave us feedback or contact me directly with your ideas and suggestions. I'm Lauren Vicker, lvicker at sjfc.edu, and I'm on Twitter at Lauren Vicker. Thanks for listening, and have a great summer, everyone.